Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a long belated edition of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Matt, we are back. We are back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been way too long, in fact. Yes. But, uh, we got a lot more coming soon. We've been working pretty hard on a lot of really cool things. Um, but how are you? Lots have happened since the last time we've done a podcast, my friend. I'm in recovery mode. Uh, I, I have had, uh, I've, I've kind of called this summer my summer of recovery. I, uh, you know, I think we all came out of uh, the pandemic uh, and everything else going on in the last uh, 12 to 18 months uh, in a different spot. And uh, I think this will be a theme throughout our episode. And uh, I think we've got a follow up or two on our own journeys with this. But uh, yeah, feeling good. Uh, I, I think I've, I've figured out some things about how to improve my own resiliency and build upon, hey, I survived this, I think. Uh, now, how do I get back to thriving again? So uh, it's, uh, it's been a trip. Uh, what about you? Uh, how, how have you been? Yeah, I've been crazy that it's been, what, three, four months since our last episode. I don't yeah. know exactly what the last date was. Time flies, man. You got two little kids at home. Not too much changes. It's just... Uh, <laughs> except for them yeah I, 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 <laughs> they, they it was a couple change, months but... since i last saw them uh whew, they just keep getting more and more verbal and taller and taller <laughs> for better and for worse uh, <laughs> me and wes yeah. are going to be talking about quantum physics here any day now so any i'm day. looking forward to that conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean you know good summer good to be back out in the world you know nice to be vaccinated and not you know here in denver we're very fortunate that the vaccination rate is really high. Yeah. I think I heard last weekend that we're up over 75% yeah. so of adults, which is great. Um, so it's, you know, nice, nice to quote unquote, forget your mask and still be able to go shopping or, you know, not even really forget it because you never really needed to bring it. And I know there are a lot of folks out there that aren't as fortunate and they're not living in places that uh, have such a high vaccination rate. Um, you know, so that's not their reality, but we're, we're fortunate enough here yeah. where that is. So. It's nice to get back to normal. I'm not sure how, what that normal looks like even a couple of weeks from now again, but uh, fingers crossed uh, because I, I went to a concert on Saturday and wow, was it amazing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just, uh, it was great. It was like, oh, wow, I really enjoyed this. And yeah, so uh, looking forward, hopefully, to more of that. Uh, but uh, I, know, I know we're still in this little tenuous time. There's a lot of red in our state. I saw our map yesterday. So we're just yep. fortunate to live in uh, some of the ones that is doing a little bit better. That's it. That's it. Well, and, and, and there's, there's a lot going on, you know, in the, in the world right now that has sort of brought us out of hibernation here to do a podcast because... We felt it important um, while we're going through a lot of development with the, the product and company and soon to make some really big announcements in the next six weeks. Yeah. Um, 
which is super exciting. And some, a lot of the folks listening to this are probably users and have seen uh, a lot of new functionality hit the app in the last couple months. Um, but tell us what, what uh, instigated this unplanned podcast here. Well, it's kind of funny. It was sort of a two-part thing because I wanted to, uh, for us to talk about our recovery. Uh, we we kind of left this uh, a few months ago uh, where, I'll, I'll be honest, I know my mental health, I think I was honest with all of our, our listeners, uh, wasn't doing incredibly well. I was doing okay, um, but, you know, it just the wear and tear of what we've all been through collectively. And, and so, uh, you know, initially I was like, Hey, I think uh, one, I just missed talking to you. I missed these. Uh, I want our listeners <laughs> to know I actually have five more episodes already recorded. So we're just sort of waiting for a big announcement, but we will be back in full force soon. Uh, and I think uh, Jeff and I are going to do a couple episodes here to get the ball back rolling. And then we're going to come uh, full blast with some great new uh, folks as well. Um, but, you know, I, I was I was thinking about my own recovery um, and just my conversations that I've had since our last recording about what people are doing. Um, I've challenged folks to create their own recovery plans. And if I, if I ask other people to do it, I got to do it myself. You know, and part of this was, okay, how, how do we recover? But, but there was then, it was yesterday, though, by the time this is published, it might be three days ago, and I'm not sure, Japan versus this time, whatever. You know, Simone Biles uh, dropped out of the team gymnastic conversation. And this is something that I, I think is very interesting um, Jeff, I know you and I are both big sports fans, and I'll be honest with the whole of our listeners, I watch gymnastics once every four years, so I'm not going to pretend <laughs> I know anything about gymnastics or swimming, but uh, I, I, I may have realized NBC sells me on this stuff really well uh, once every four years. Um, and so I thought it, was a, it started some really good conversations in the sports world. Um, as you know, I was someone raised, and I think Jeff, you kind of come from this as well. Of you just play no matter what, like, like no matter what. Like, I think yeah, I played no if you count like no a excuses. hip pointer where there was like a grapefruit growing out of my bony hip because I was diving for a loose ball, uh, back injuries, knee injuries. Uh, sometimes you had to kind of tape me together, uh, to get me out on uh, the court. Uh, and when I look back at my mental health, I was probably more mentally uh, just, yeah, I'm crazy is not the right word, but just mentally tasked Unhealthy. and at times yeah. struggling with insomnia, depression. I wasn't ever good at losing. Um, I quit. I know a sport you love tennis because couldn't deal with my frustration. Um, and <laughs> I think we're seeing this recognition. One, I hope we recognize that this is a game. Um, it's a game and maybe we can take it a little less serious. And I know for you and I to say that, we probably should look straight in the mirror first, but you know, it, it got me thinking about, as, as we talk about this with athletes and opening up these good discussions, I, I, wa I wanted to bring this uh, to, to you and to have a discussion here on the podcast. Uh, and hopefully our listeners will engage with us around this about thinking about yourself um, and your own mental health, because it's not just 
elite athletes. Yeah, Simone Biles, I think Michael Phelps talked really powerfully about this last night too, about the pressure that they're under. And we all know their names. But there's also this pressure, I feel like, in probably the vast majority of organizations, the vast majority of your the jobs, to perform at an incredibly high level no matter what, up into the point that if you're not burned out, you're not working hard enough. Uh, unfortunately, I've worked in several organizations that were supposed to be helping people recover their mental health. That, that, was, that was the way we do it. If you weren't burned out, like God forbid you say you're feeling great, healthy, and energized. You were almost demonized and the assumption right. was you you're weren't. not working hard enough. Exactly. So one of the things you're that I want to I want to kind of build an analogy, and I know I'm I'm walking on my own shaky ground here, but you know I see, um, and it's almost too easy of a of a thing to to say it's failed. But if you look at U.S. gymnastics, obviously one of the most I would say evil, potentially, sports organizations that have been around if you've paid any attention to Nasser and all that stuff. So I don't use the word evil very often. I'm okay to use it there. So so an an organization that's failed its athletes miserably, illegally, ethically, morally, all that stuff. But you look at some of these other athletes as well, whether it's an organization, I know this is hit the tennis world where a team is a little bit different, but there's a lot, these athletes travel around. It's not just like them and their mom traveling to these things for most of them, they have a crew with them. And, and so like we, I think are coming to a point where we're gonna focus on the mental training and the mental support we give our athletes. And Jeff, I just like to get your opinion on what I'm going to kind of say next is I really believe heart rate variability has changed athletics. And one of the things I wanted to put forth in this podcast, which is going to be a little lesser of our focus is the seemingly, and I look for some statistics on it and statistics back it up in most cases that we're getting elite athletes now in their 30s and in their 40s. I think men's tennis is fascinating. And I think I, I women's tennis is probably the same as, you know, you were kind of done at age 26. And now, like, the three best players in the world, you know this better than I do, are all sort of in their mid and actually later 30s. So, so I, one of the things I believe heart rate variability has done for athletes is this focus on recovery. And what we're seeing, I believe, as part of this result is somebody like LeBron James, questionably, I think at 36, 37, being maybe still the best player in the world. Now you could debate that, but I don't, I don't think five. you take him out of your top five anytime <laughs> soon. No. Um, and so I wonder as a sports fan and somebody who follows, I think an intensely psychologically taxing game that tennis is, um, you know, here we are, I think, putting a, a argument forward for mental training as well. And so when you look at where some of these athletes are hitting, I, I think it's really important that we say, hey, it's good, especially if you're going to flip your body upside down, that, that you pay attention to where you're at. Yeah, well, you can right? break your neck if you do yeah, something Yeah, and wrong. let's just, for all you players out there that did not flip upside down in your sport, Walking on a basketball field in or basketball court injured, exhausted, and maybe just mentally not all there. I wasn't risking necessarily breaking my neck. I was risking some other things, but you know, and, and so 
I wonder as a sports fan and somebody who pays a lot of attention is obviously somebody that, that we're talking about the mental health in HRV. I'd, I'd just love to get kind of your opinion on how can we start to think about the mental side of, yeah, mental health is huge, but also preparing our athletes uh, mentally for, for their competitions in a way that's going to keep them healthier, but also improve performance at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, I think people are, are realizing more and more that this is a huge component of what makes the, the great great. Yeah. And th there wasn't training in the past. It was just an innate ability. You know, you look at guys like Michael Jordan and, you yeah. know, Bjorn Borg and Joe Montana and, you know, all these guys that, um, why were they the best? You yeah. know, why, why were they, you know, there were equal athletes, you know, mm -hmm. especially maybe not Michael Jordan, but, you know, guys like Dominique Wilkins were yeah. just as yeah. athletically dominant potentially as, you know, Clyde Drexler, those guys could jump as high, were the same height, but they didn't have that same mental drive that, that Michael Jordan had. And you can right. make those comparisons across sports. But what we didn't do in the past is train. Right. Right. And, and so what you found was the discrepancy between the great and the good wasn't necessarily athletic ability. It was work ethic. It was that, you know, not, a, not desire to win, but like compelling, obsessively yeah. compulsive need to win. That, that would drive them. And so I think what you're finding now is, you know, you bring up tennis, Naomi Osaka is a great example of somebody who's supremely talented, you know, one of the better, if not best athletes on tour, she's young, yeah. um, but, you know, she's, she's taking her career in a different path than somebody like Serena Williams did, yeah. who at her age had won multiple Grand Slam titles, just like she has, yeah. um, but came from the school that you and I came from, yeah. and a lot of our listeners probably came from, and you know, her dad had her out on a court drilling balls, you know, for hours on end every day. And he was training her mentally, right? right? And Earl, Earl Woods is another great example. You know, That's, people yeah. said this stuff borders on child abuse and, it, and yeah. it does. And it mentally trained, especially individual athletes, because you're just out there one-on-one -on -one right. or potentially one-on-none. Yeah. You don't have four other guys on the court, 10 other guys on a field, you know, five other ladies on a volleyball court, whatever right. it might be. You're just out there by yourself. And so yeah. the folks seemingly, Andre Agassi, his dad was the same way. The ones yeah. whose, whose parents or coaches put them through an extreme amount of pressure at a very young age were the ones yeah. that were able to handle it when they got older. Yeah. Um, but there's ways to train that aren't bordering on child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think utilizing tools and science and um, breakthroughs that we've had is now being not only incorporated, but really embraced. And you know, all the per, per sports performance psychologists out there, I mean, that's, that's a, a part of every tennis team is a sports yeah. psychologist, you know, yes. for the players that can afford it. Every, every professional athletic team employs at least one at this yeah. point. Um, so, you know, now you're kind of combining that training with some innate abilities and it's just different now. You know, you see people like Nick Kyrgios who, you know, can be a dominant tennis player when he wants to be, um, but I don't know if the guys now and the, the ladies now don't take it seriously, if they're more yeah. well-rounded, but it's, it's hopefully a much healthier existence for them. Yeah. And that, that's been like, I think what I've had to struggle with a little bit, honestly, it's like, 
Yeah. You know, because it's like, you know, one, and again, being both playing tennis, I, I ran cross, well, run cross country is, I, I walked quickly across country. You competed country. in cross country meets. Yeah, but it's like this, this team is like, how do you ever let down your team? Like just that, you know, and almost replacing, I think that individual where it's really lonely out there on the tennis court. Like it's, I don't care. I, I imagine I never played in a packed stadium for tennis you know uh I was like number three you know on the high school team as a sophomore is about the highest I got the parents were there um but you know it, it was like just kind of that added pressure show up for for your team and I, I think you you know there's all this stress and I think you bring up a great point is how do we have balanced athletes because I think you look at like uh and it was so great to see uh, the last dance documentary yeah. What Michael Jordan was doing, and, and let's just remember, this is a man partly because of the mental stress he was under, quit the sport for two years. I mean, went and played baseball for, for two years. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and, family, and there, family tragedy. And, exactly. A tragedy of his father, trauma kind of spurred uh, that, that decision in and, and many other ways. The, the guy was like smoking a cigar before games like like yeah. you know so so we've totally i think you know you look at the then the next generation with lebron james who spends multi-million dollars on his body and his health every year he would never do that i, I wouldn't imagine now I, but maybe after a championship but i don't think he'd even do it after a game in most times and so we've seen this like and i think heart rate variability has been a huge driver of this is you know, how do you get yourself recovered from the physical stress to perform your best um, at the next competition? And, you know, what I, what I think where it's been missed, and I see this on other podcasts that I listen to, I, I love the question that comes up. You, you have this person who's spending, you know, these professional millions of dollars in, yeah, do you practice mindfulness, which we all know would benefit, especially a golfer or a tennis player. It's like, ah, I just can't find the time and there's still like this this piece and I wonder even if sports psychology has sometimes fallen in to a focus on athletic performance like like I think we like almost yeah. separate they separate it right it's yeah the athlete from the person yeah exactly uh with this and this is sort of the the open question that I have is now that we know and I think heart rate variability one of the things that we saw wasn't happening and why we we went on this journey to create optimal hrv is folks weren't paying attention to all this mental health research on heart rate variability um yeah right. they, they were looking at stress physical uh, recovery yeah exactly as as physical stress well how, we know how do we right how do yeah, we build the workout around your recovery patterns uh, but it's all about the workout right it's absolutely how many uh, miles are we going to run how much weight are we going to lift what kind of stuff are we going to do today based on your hrv score not exactly and and hey everybody needed a kick in the butt to probably say i should take it a little easier today because if we didn't have data that mentality never would have crept in and so what i i'm i believe i'm seeing is uh you know people's insight to themselves and again I, I think with Simone Biles you put your life at risk when you got what she does on any of those I would die within five seconds I, I couldn't even run probably and keep my breath to get to the pop or whatever <laughs> so so you know there, there's no 
threat because I just couldn't do it. But like to put me midway through one of those, I'd be dead, you know, you know, so, so there's that, that I had a level, but it's like, I can't do this. And I, and I think, you know, how do we start to have the conversation and athletics is sometimes good because it gives us a, a event with a clear outcome at the end. You know, you win gold, you, you win, win you silver, lose. you win, what's your time? you, you what's your lose. What's your, yep. Exactly. So now that we, we can, we've got this information, how do we start to train mentally? And this is where I think we can also take the conversation outside, you know, the elite of the elite athletes um, to us, to, to, you know, what is our routine to deal with the stress and strain uh, the psychological for most of us, though they're the physical probably is secondary for us, the psychological is primary, uh, to show up at work and be your best self, to be the best teammate, to be the best, the parent, the, the spouse, uh, that we all really need to be in our life. And to think about training, and it doesn't need to be an hour of training each and every day to bring our best to our own performance. And I think that, you know, how, how many days should we have called in, right? Should we have followed uh, Simone's uh, lead to say, I, I can't do it today. And again, maybe the consequences in the short term are, well, the consequences of breaking your neck, doing some crazy ass stuff, you know, that those aren't our consequences, but hey, if you don't show up at your best for weeks and years at a time and that stress and strain, you're holding in it. And as I like to say that we look at work stress, uh, cancer, diabetes, uh, stroke, heart disease, early onset Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, uh, uh, mental health issues, anxiety, depression, all of this stuff is that consequence too. So, so we can take, I think, the lessons that we're seeing and saying, how does this apply to us? And that's not the conversation that I'm hearing anywhere, shape or form. It's kind of athletes talking about athletes, uh, either judging negatively or, you know, doing this positively um, or somewhere in between. Uh, but very few people are saying, okay, what about me? Uh, what about my performance? Because what NBC does, and I'm, I'm going to watch the Olympics again tonight. So, so NBC, you do what you do. You do it really well because you get me excited about, you know, swimming. You know, I, I mm -hmm. watched Ledecky swim for like three and a half hours and was enthralled every minute of it last night. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, so, so I'm going to watch again tonight. But it's, they play out this hero's journey in these like five to six minute clips is this is the struggle that this athlete had to overcome to perform. So watching the women's triathlon the other day, um, the, the woman from Bermuda, I think it was, it might've been Barbados, I think it was Bermuda, um, who won that race, just, just kicked everybody's butt. Over and over what they said is she overcame an eating disorder. She overcame an eating disorder. She overcame and did not finish at the last Olympics. It's like we had to reinforce the negative, the darkness of her journey to make her to accomplishment celebrate. even yeah. greater. And I think we need to really rethink playing people's mental struggles, uh, physical struggles as something we got to put into the story to make it even better, right? So, so this was all set up and I don't think it's happening, but like, boy, think about how NBC would have jumped on if 
Biles was going to compete in the individual all around, right? Oh, what a, what a story that would be and how we would celebrate that for years. So, so I think we've got to be careful here because I think a lot of us have internalized this ourselves is, hey, there's something wrong with me that I'm in this dark place. Uh, there's something wrong with me that, you know, I just, I have trouble getting out of bed in the morning or I don't have energy for a workout at the end of the day. And I think we've got to really step back and say, you know, you don't have to spend time in that dark place. You, you know, you don't have to spend time. So for a lot of us with the message that, that I, we'll, we'll have in our next short podcast as well, it's about recovery. And I think probably a lot of us before the pandemic hit could have focused a lot on our mental health recovery already. Just when you see the statistics about burnout, um, you, you see these statistics on mental health. Um, but now after being through this collective trauma that, and I, I don't use the word trauma lightly, that a lot of us have been through, I'm not going to say the last 18 months have been traumatizing for everybody, but for a lot of us, it's been borderline, if not over that line with losing loved ones, with fear for our own life and wellness, with disruptions to jobs, uh, with our, you know, having to teach our kids, all this stress that's been put on us is now we're probably in an even darker place uh, for a lot of us. What are we going to do with recovery and how do we take that forward and see ourselves to some extent as athletes, right? I like throwing musicians in there too for folks who may not be all bought in on the athletic side of things of how do we prepare to bring our best to life? What, whatever role that That's that a, might be for you. And, and the good news is heart rate variability will allow you to track that. Um, and to me that that's, that's where we are at with this science is, yeah, it is great for LeBron James to be on a high-end device. Um, but it's just important for me as somebody who's not shooting for a personal best probably ever again in my entire life. I, you know, I don't even know what my personal best would be. Like, you know, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be feel good. I want to, you know, be mentally healthy. So I'm crafting around that. Every morning, wake up, take that HRV reading and tells me how am I doing? I'm going to take Friday off because I've been about 20% lower this week. Um, you know, again, I'm doing really well this summer. I can't wait for the next episode to brag about my scores, Jeff. But but I'm also seeing. <laughs> I thought you were just going to bring that up at the beginning of this episode. No, no, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. But I'm seeing this drop compared to where I've been the rest of the summer. Not the same energy. Uh, just need that extra day to bounce back and be my best self for the next week. So. Again, we can quantify this. And again, my challenge to all the HRV nerds out there, which we've heard from a lot of you and appreciate the encouragement to get our butts back on the air is, yeah, it can tell you how hard you need to push yourself for your workout that day. Absolutely can tell you that. But for, for the rest of us who aren't Olympic athletes, it's also telling us how much energy do you have? How well is your self-care been really addressing the the mental uh, psychological stress um, that you've been under and how can you do little things each and every day whether that's you know some mindful breathing whether that's uh boy i've been walking and walking and walking uh i've almost given up running uh, and just put on a good book and just walking and finding great benefits of that with my score you know uh getting a good night's sleep eating you know, uh, anti-inflammatory foods, hanging out with, with good friends, you know, who may not 
fill you with good margaritas like you do sometimes, but you know, you, you get cost of benefits to our friendship for sure. So, so, so I think that's our challenge, Jeff, is like, we can quantify this. HRV is great at quantifying it, but, but let's take the Simone, what's going on in the tennis world. What's, what's, you know, I think again, Michael Phelps is talking really well about this right now too, for athletes. I want to think about you, right? How many days should you have called in? Um, because you weren't necessarily going to be at your best performance. But what she also did, if you listen to the more in-depth details, she knew she was going to hurt her team. You know, and, and I think yeah. that's what gets... She didn't let her team down. She, yep. she knew that somebody more ready to perform was yep. likely going to score better. Exactly. So she did it for herself and, and equally so, or probably even more so for her team. Yep. And I think that, that people like me who grew up in no matter what out there, I look back at myself and like, I'll just share with our audience freshman year of college. Uh, first time I lost a significant number of games in my career, I might have slept 10 hours a week. You know, I, I was going through a major depressive episode. I also learned how to diagnose mental illness at the time. So I, you know, I, I could look at those symptoms and check, 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 check. You know, I, I was not well, but I was taught I had to show up. Um, now, what if I would have taken two weeks off and, and done intensive therapy and just maybe disconnected even from school a little bit at the time? Because I was a guy who, even if I only slept an hour a night, I woke up the next day, went to my eight o'clock class. Like, like I had to like be perfect there too. And, and I think I look back at that and said, what the what the heck, guys, 20 years later, would anybody care if Lindsey Wilson College won an additional game or <laughs> lost an additional game? Um, you know, so, so I look back at her. The initial thing is how can you let down your team? Boy, stepping back and, and really listening to say, oh, at 24, you're wiser than, you know, my initial reaction as a 46-year-old a uh you got some wisdom that, that I don't have. So she challenged me to look at, hey, how can I bring her mentality into uh, my life as well? So a challenge for all of our listeners out there, think about yourself. Let, let's, let's avoid the judgment of the athletes. Um, and let's say, hey, uh, have I gone to work sick? Have I gone to work without a good night's sleep? Um, do, do I do things every day to get myself mentally cognitively socially prepared to thrive um in, in my own life and if i think we all could say there's work we could do uh taking that serious and i think she's given us a chance to really look in the mirror and say you know what about me and i, I think that's a, a really good challenge for all of us and again we can quantify that now that's the difference between a self-care message to say hopefully you feel better right sure. now and we can measure that in performance and other things but now we're saying you'll see this like like you know i i get when i eat unhealthy or have one too many drinks i see it the next day in my hrv score I, i'm a little healthier i'm trying to like really hone in on what's the best miles to go on a hike each and every day like i want to get down like two to half mile of of what is going to get me up to i'm not going to mention my score until next week up into the highest echelons of my rmssd scores and so 
again, we quantify this uh, in a way that we've never been able to do really in history at an affordable rate. Um, so I, th I think there's a lot of really good things we can take away from this moment. Absolutely. And you mentioned something earlier, Matt, that I think maybe you didn't mean exactly. You, you, you said you're not trying to set, you know, your personal records or your, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe not in a race. Right. Or, but, but certainly, you, you know, we're trying to build a company. Right. Absolutely. And your, your, your consulting business continues to grow. Right. And so you are trying to every day do something that you haven't done before and, and further the work that you do and perform at a higher level. Right. And, and it's not physically necessarily, but you know, to your point, you know, mentally is, is yeah. equally or more, certainly more important when you look at the average person, not the average, the 99.9% .9 of people who aren't professional athletes or CEO, you know, or yeah. whatever, you know, the people that, that, you know, just everybody yeah so that, that's what we should be focused on how how can yeah. i become a better parent tomorrow how can yes. i become a better salesperson a better therapist a better whatever you do um and continually pushing through is not the way to do it right and that's that's those that's how we use these numbers to, to better understand and accept that and i think yeah. that's really cool and i'm taking friday off for you in some ways right now i got some things on my to-do list maybe i could waddle through some of those on Friday if I needed to. But I know when I hit those on Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to give a better self. And I, so I, I think we got to bring that aspect. And you're exactly right. I, th I think my thinking with the personal record in some ways, like personal best, is like, like I, I'm like driving to be there every day. Like, like that's the whole thing is like, I want to, like that's what HRB has taught me is, yeah, I can have some of those peak days sometimes, but this summer with my recovery, I've been able to like raise the bar gradually with my like a 30 day average with my all time average. Like those are what gets me excited. Those, those spikes up or even the spikes down I get at times. Okay. But boy, where, where I get like really excited is to see, okay, in the last month over month, I'm jumping like five, 10 points. Uh, you know, one, it showed probably how, mentally unhealthy I was getting towards you know the the springtime with living through the pandemic but but it's like I, I think like a new personal record for me is like showing up every day at close to my best right like I said I, I'm, I'm very realistic about this I'm not going to be the guy that says I, I feel like uh just oh, so much energy every day I know it may come across like that on the podcast but I'm not I have my good days I have my bad days I, I'm not a guy who says Hey, take my supplement and you will feel amazing every single moment of your entire <laughs> life. Right? I never buy supplements for those people. I, I, they're, they're just not human beings in my opinion, or they've, I don't know. But it's just like, how do we gradually raise that bar up and up and up? And again, that's why I love uh, what our app does for the, me personally is wake up every morning. Where am I today versus where I am this week? How does my week compare to my month? How does my month compared to all times. And what gets me so excited to see that all-time average substantially uh, raise up this summer. So uh, again, it's a little different way of looking at it, but I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, uh, I've, I've added a lot of really exciting stress to my life, but how I manage that is going to really determine, am I going to be successful or not? That's it. That's it. Awesome. Yeah, I think well worth taking, you know, 30 minutes to talk through because yes. you know, with the transition out of COVID, 
into the quote unquote new normal, you know, all the, all the things going on with the Olympics and, you know, just a, an interesting moment in time that no one really has experienced before. And right. it all really sort of relates to, to what we do and, and what we're trying to help people accomplish. So, yeah. One, one more lesson just to throw in there real quick. I think part of the struggles of the athletes in this Olympics is not having loved ones with them. And it just also shows, I think, well, it does show because research, you know, without that social support is such a big piece of this as well. And a lot of us have been isolated. I know a lot of folks may be out there with some social anxiety, but, but I think that's another big takeaway too, that, hey, if you don't have your team there, you know, it, it's just harder to stay healthy, to stay focused in that way. So, um, absolutely. yep, shout out. And I just want to say to folks, uh, Jeff and I are going to do one more episode. I promise you, I got five ready to go. Uh, we were just kind of holding off a little bit till we get this new version out that has so many exciting features to it um, that we're probably not supposed to talk about until we actually get them out to the world. But um, it's and, coming, and including so individual memberships. Um, we just want to make sure we get all these updates into the app before we put it out there in that way. But uh, yeah, uh, check us out, optimalhrv.com. Uh, uh, still, if you haven't downloaded the book, a lot of folks contacting us around the world that have read the book. Uh, so you can download it for free on our website as well. That's it. Well, thanks again for uh, to everybody for sticking with us. And we look forward to picking a very consistent podcast cadence back up here in the next six weeks. Absolutely. Everybody take care. Thanks, everybody.